Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spear School. I am so glad you're here to join me for a, another episode. This is actually going to be a continuation of a very popular episode I did two episodes ago where I talked about things that you can do to prepare to go all in in your spiritual business and spiritual practice. So you can go two episodes back if you want to hear my first, I think it was three or four tips that I give you on things to consider, things I wish I did, things that maybe I wish I did differently, maybe some things I wish I didn't do. So that could be helpful for people who can see themselves transitioning from either no time, part time to full time lightworker, spiritual entrepreneur, whatever language resonates with you around that. Being a Virgo planner, I definitely wanted to make sure that I felt confident before I took my leap, even though it was a very big leap that there was no guarantees. I did do quite a bit of work leading up to it. I would say about two and a half years of work before taking the courageous step to go full-time in my practice. So of course, like every other podcaster in the whole world, once we hit publish on our current episode, we always think of other things that we wish we had said. (laughs) whether we said them at all or said them differently. And so that's exactly what happened. I got so much feedback from you guys that that episode was really helpful for you. I decided to do a part two with just a few of the things that I wish I had said. So we're just going to get right into it here. Now, one thing that you need to prepare for in preparation for being able to make a leap of this kind and one that is not completely socially understood entrepreneurship on a whole in society is considered, and I'm putting in air quotes, risky and not as secure as a full-time, like nine to five, I'm just going to say, I don't poop in the nine to five because I had a lot of great experiences in the nine to five, but on a whole in our financial institutions, the older generations, they don't see it as a pathway that leads to safety and security. Throughout this episode, I will definitely share some examples on how I feel it is actually more safe and more secure than anything I've ever experienced in any job where I've worked under someone else's company. I've personally only really worked for small companies, so that's the lens in which I'm coming from. But talking to your friends, family, colleagues, bosses, extended family is going to be a challenge for a lot of people, especially people who are still very much in their spiritual bubble. So our spiritual bubbles, like the sacred space, which we are like an undercover light worker. We're not quite ready to talk to people yet about what we're doing and what we're interested in because of our lived experiences, whether that is connection to maybe some religious trauma or being surrounded by judgmental people or feeling very criticized in your life. People who are drawn to this type of work are very sensitive people and can get activated quite easily if other people are not validating or supporting our decisions, our beliefs. At this time, we're still really formulating our own beliefs around all this and building our own evidence that this is something worth pursuing. It's something that is like very tangible for us. 
So it makes sense. And that's how come a lot of people don't actually end up taking intentional action towards their dream paths because of the resistance to having these type of conversations, some which could be conflicting, some which could be not very supportive. It takes great courage to be able to stand behind your desire and stand behind your dreams. So preparing for some of these conversations will be paramount for you. I've shared the story many times about my first conversation with my husband around my mediumship abilities. The first thing he said to me was, you're not going to quit your job, are you? And keep in mind, this was in 2013 when I just had a baby. I did not think I was a medium. It actually took me quite a few years to really fully embrace and embody the identity of being a medium. And that really was my first experience coming out of my spiritual bubble and trying to invite someone in with me, and it was met with immediate rejection. And let me tell you, that experience made me recede even further and further into my spiritual bubble. And I ended up not telling any of my friends or family for almost two full years that I was going once a month for a whole day to a mediumship development circle because I was so fearful of that rejection, of not being seen, not being validated. It really stung me. So when it came time to start telling my friends, and they were basically my mom friends back then, pretty new friends. I remember telling one of my best friends who escaped from a cult when she was a teenager. So there was definitely some religious trauma there. I remember telling her and it was actually really uncomfortable because she then opened up to me about her experience with a religious cult and how her opinion on spirituality was very skewed, but she likes me and she trusts me. So she was open to hearing from me about it. And I will say that this friend ended up having me read for one of her friends and even her mom a couple years later, which was very touching. But that was my second experience. And then I told another friend who actually did my hair for years and we worked together for years. And the funny thing was that when she came out, she was super into spiritual stuff too. She's like, oh, I do Reiki. Yeah. And I do yoga. And I remember thinking at that time, Oh my God, we have wasted so much time talking about vacuous things that we could have been talking about this spiritual stuff this entire time. And I remember thinking even then, I'll use the word regret, even though I don't regret very much in my life. I use that word because it made me realize that by me staying solo in my spiritual bubble and not inviting people in with me, I was missing out on really deep connections that could have been made and could have been strengthened over time. And this person actually ended up being a long-term student of mine in my home development circles as well, which was a lot of fun. I remember talking to my boss about it when I went part-time, telling her this was somebody I still to this day respect more than anyone else in this world. I admire the pants off her. She's still a mentor to me, one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. You've heard me talk about her on the podcast before. It was the most uncomfortable conversation I ever had because I was on my year maternity leave and I was telling her I'm going to be putting up a website, I'm going to be starting Instagram, and I was trying to give her some sort of assurance that this is something that during my year maternity leave, we get a year off in Canada. I think we actually get 18 months now, but it's something that I just wanted to give her the courtesy of a heads up around so that she didn't have to think and wonder if I was coming back because I let her know, yes, I'm coming back. And honestly, when it came time to make the full-time leap, we actually both left the company in the same month which was very divine as well. 
what I found too around coming out in the workplace as a medium and as somebody who has a spiritual like side business was again, I was shocked. I should have known being part of an indigenous health organization that they would be open to spirituality. But people in the company started asking me to come do readings for political delegates or different communities that suffered a lot of losses. And I ended up becoming like a little bit of like a go-to when it came to somebody needing like emotional support. And I loved that. You know that in the workplace, I had that trick around telling Skylar on the way down to work because I really didn't like sitting at my desk all day. And I really didn't like not being with my kids in the morning and not being with them after school. And so I would simply throw the thought to the world of spirit and just declare, I'm here to be of service today. If you can bring forward an opportunity for me to be of service, I would be so grateful. Because when we get into this type of work, we really are service-based people. And so we want to be put to use. We want to be of service. And so whenever I would do that, I would be placed in an opportunity to go for a walk with somebody who may be emotionally struggling. As a Virgo sign, I'm like, put me in there. The last thing I wanted to talk about with the family and friends is the extended family. Now, my situation might be a little bit different than others because I'm not incredibly close with my extended family for a lot of different reasons. And I don't have a really big family, to be honest with you, but I definitely did experience the most doubt in my path when it came to the aunties, uncles, and that type of stuff. So I'm going to be speaking to you guys because this will either be your parents or grandparents' generation, where it was very common in society that you find a good place to work, you stay there forever, then you collect your retirement, and then you go live your life. And it was actually when I was in the corporate world and I was on different hiring panels because one, I was Indigenous, two, I was very intuitive. So I did actually sit on a ton of hiring panels. And I remember really starting to get millennials coming in. Now I'm kind of Gen X borderline, that in-between kind of age range. So I'm considered like a Xennial. And I remember interviewing millennials and hiring a lot of millennials that just came out of like PhD programs or master's programs. And sometimes they would only last like a week. And they would say things like, this just isn't for me. I'm just going to go pursue something else. And that was really the first time I had any kind of interaction with people who chose not to stay somewhere because they didn't feel like it <laughs> and because they had bigger dreams and they were looking more for like flexibility, et cetera, et cetera. And even before I quit my job, I remember telling my colleagues, I was like, man, these millennials are going to show us the way they're really giving us a permission slip to not settle because I didn't find one that would ever settle. And I'm talking about the younger millennial generation. And so that was a little bit inspiring for me really early on because I was still deconditioning from that mindset in the workplace that I need to pick a career, stick with it, collect the pension plan, then leave. Going back to my first point around talking with friends or family, you do need to prepare for a variety of different types of conversations around this. And especially if you are not yet firm and confident in your own spirituality and your own abilities and your own gifts, it can be a little bit trickier because guaranteed throughout the duration of you coming out and preparing to make this type of leap, you will be met with disappointing reactions. You will be met with experiences of people who may not support you and may not get it. 
And if you're not standing in your sovereignty behind why you're doing what you're doing, then you might crumble a little bit. And I will say that I have been there too. I have been in positions where I really did crumble because I didn't get validated by people who I was excited to share this to. And the truth is, it's just one of the things that we have to learn on this path that sooner or later we do get to a point where external validation is just a nice to have. It is not what drives us. It's not what motivates us. It's not what lets us know that we're in alignment or doing the right thing on the right path. We definitely need validation for some time. But the goal and where you will end up eventually is that you will be the only validation that you actually need. But until we get there, we may waver a little bit depending on the reactions that we get. I remember the funniest reaction I actually got was the first time I quit my job in 2019, which long, long story, you guys already know it. I rescinded my resignation for a series of events that happened. Don't regret it. But I do think that if I did leave, I would have done really well at that time as well. But we had just bought a really big house for my parents to come live with us so that they could retire and they could help us with the kids, help us with the family, and then they get to not have to worry so much about cost of living. And we're really, really happy with that decision. And we'd only been in the house, I think, for a month. And I was outside with my parents while they were in the front yard. And I said, oh, just so you guys know, I submitted my resignation to work and I'm going to go full time in my spiritual business. And my dad looked at me and he said, oh my God, we're going to be homeless. <laughs> and if you knew the way that my family communicated with each other, we really use humor for so much. And we always have. And I remember burst out laughing as a kid and as a teenager, it didn't matter how much I was screwing up my life or the mistakes that I was making. They always said to me, we just know you're going to be okay. You always land on your feet you always end up okay. And my dad always says to me too, he's like, oh, Danielle ran into another pile of money because since I was a little kid as well, I've been able to really manifest a lot of money. It's, it's crazy. Like we grew up not in a very privileged place. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. Won't go too much into details around that. But I remember being that type of kid who every Saturday and Sunday I would be banging on neighbor's doors saying, what can I do to earn some money today? And people would have me wash their car, return pop bottles, or weed their lawns. I would be just like working in at school. Teachers were always on strike as kids. We need to pay teachers more, please. I'm in that camp without a doubt. But I would be cooking up muffins and cupcakes in the morning and getting juice together and popcorn. And I would be at that picket line selling the teachers snacks while they're picketing. So I've always been very self-determined, self-reliant. And so my parents don't don't mean they really don't and I remember my mom coming to me and saying oh my god your uncle is like freaking out because you have a government job like I qualified for tax exemption I didn't pay any income tax I qualified for the best pension plan Canada has to offer the best benefits Canada has to offer I had it freaking me they even wanted to pay for me to get a master's degree at that time it was like the quintessential golden handcuffs and my mom, her brother-in-law was like a fire chief. He retired early. Him and his wife were able to retire in the early 50s, owned beautiful homes, like really had it made. So you guys know too, going along this line, I think it's important to talk about, I had a lot of different rebuttals for those type of arguments, for people really saying, don't you understand what you have? Like, how could you leave everything that you have in this time? And I thought about all that too for a long time. 
And I had to do a lot of the inner work to be like, okay, I have a pension and I contribute $300 a month and the company contributes $300 a month to that. So what's to say I couldn't save $600 on my own? And then I have $600 a month being added to my own savings that I have access to without conditions at any time. Like, why is that a bad thing or a negative thing? Or why would that be impossible? And then I started looking at the benefits. And I was like, the truth is I'm Indigenous. I'm First Nations. I qualify for like free benefits for the rest of my life. And so do my kids. So I had that kind of up my belt, which was also a pleasant surprise, by the way. I didn't expect that. I was fully willing to let go of my massages in Cairo and just pay for it on my own. And then it turned out I was covered. So that worked out really well. And then people were like, you have a steady biweekly paycheck. What's to say in my business as an incorporation, I can't just pay myself biweekly too, which I do. And I actually pay myself weekly now. So what I used to make a biweekly pay, I actually pay myself weekly now. I only take a very modest withdrawal from my business and I reinvest the rest into it by hiring staff, creating ecosystem, giving other people an opportunity to earn while doing something they love, and then also growing Spirit School so that could support more students. There's a ton of things coming up and changing, but I really spend a lot of the money that I make in my business reinvesting in Spirit School and in the business and creating a little bit of an ecosystem. I just absolutely am obsessed with it. So all of these kind of challenges people had about the go-to. The other one too was around safety. You get disability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I did have disability twice in my corporate career. One time because I almost died when I was carrying my son. Like I literally was in critical care for a week. They thought I had bacterial meningitis. They knew it was neurological. I was really suffering. I literally thought I was going to die and so did they. And then I had to go on disability for four months after that for the rest of my pregnancy. And then the other time I had to go on disability was when I had my nervous breakdown at that work retreat because I was in the most toxic environment with the most toxic leadership and they just, they broke me. They completely broke me. Mission accomplished, you broke me. And I ended up in hospital, I ended up on a heart monitor. I got pulled out of work, doctor's orders for three months. And let me tell you that getting disability is such a privilege, absolutely but it's not easy. Like I had to go to a doctor every three weeks to plead my case, to justify the extension, to get paid for the paperwork, to submit the paperwork and then wait weeks for a decision and then have to follow up constantly. Are you guys gonna give me 40% of my pay? It hardly felt like a privilege. It actually added to the stress of why I was on leave in the first place and I hated it. And then there's also the stigma within the corporate place around being on disability, which is an added stress as well. So that to me was not necessarily a huge perk. And what I did experience when I did lean into full-time entrepreneurship was when my cat died and I took a month of bereavement, the way that I had like unintentionally structured my business actually had money continuously coming in for whole months while I had to take that time away to bereave. And I didn't lose any clients. I didn't lose any income. And it actually showed me, I was like, wow, I don't know how that worked out. And I really experimented with it. Like, how did that happen? How did I get so supported while well, I took time to grieve? All the students understood, my membership understood, my clients understood, and I still made the exact same amount of money. Like I was really trying to wrap my head around how that happened. And then moving forward a year and a half, when my brother almost died in March, he fell very ill and uh, he did have spinal meningitis, bacterial meningitis, and 
the doctors called us to say he wasn't going to make it. Like the surgery was a failure. You got to come say goodbye. He literally has a 3% chance to make it through the night. And I remember having to call on my team saying, I need to cancel everything. I need to go be with my brother. He survived the night and I was by his side every day. I dropped the kids off at school. I drove 100 kilometers to the hospital and I sat with beside him all day while he was in a coma. And I got to spend three weeks every single day by his side. And I was supported in my business. I had 200 clients at the time. They all understood because they're human. They get it. Do you think my workplace would have supported that? No, we don't get that kind of compassion time. I would not have been supported. I know that even with the most supportive boss, there are policies in place. There are structures in place that would keep me from being able to be with one of my closest relations while they were sick. And I even had people say that to me when I was posting about that on Facebook and Instagram. They would be like, wow, you're so lucky you get to be with them. That wasn't how I was able to with my mom or I was able to with my dad. I'm like, I know this is when the blessings of entrepreneurship. And then I had nobody to answer to other than me. And then guess what? If clients were mad and students were upset and they felt ripped off and they left, I think that's good for everyone, right? We're not a good fit because the people who are attracted to work with me are accepting and understanding of the human experience, not just the spiritual experience as well. My guides are here right now, by the way. They're really happy I'm talking about this. So people saying that having your nine to five is more safe or secure than having your own thing. I'm here to tell you that the evidence that I have collected for myself in two and a half years of being full-time is that is absolutely not the case. So I believe that we have been bought and sold a story that we are all just continuously regurgitating without experimenting or seeing what lays on the other side of it. I didn't have that evidence when I first started talking about going full-time and talking about doing this career on my own. But what I did do back then was I started to collect my own evidence. And I mentioned this in the last episode. I immersed myself in listening to stories of people who did career pivots and succeeded, of people who went full-time in their spiritual businesses. There wasn't a whole lot, which is also how come I wanted to dedicate my podcast a little bit to talking about the business side of spiritual stuff, because I don't know any mediumship teachers that I have ever really had that talked about like pricing or earning money or like money wounds. And so I'm really passionate about sharing this side as well. But I really took it upon myself to really start building evidence for myself that this was a path worth pursuing. So the truth of the matter is too, when we have to manage disappointing reactions, when we energetically match the people who are not meeting us where we were hoping that they would meet us, and it can crumble us, we have to learn to become really responsible for our own energetic experiences. We don't have to meet them in that space. We can let them live in that space because they are showing up in that way because of their lived experience in this life, which we can't discredit, which we can't invalidate in any way. The reason why they are showing up in that way is because of their own lived experience that they are projecting onto us. And so you have to get very clear on why you want to make this leap. Why you want to do this is going to be your superpower when you are coming out of your spiritual bubble a little bit and inviting other people in with you. That is key here. This is your homework. You have a couple pieces of homework, okay? The one is going to be, why do you want to do this? Okay, I know that when I talk to my husband and I would tell him I help so many people and the world needs this, he could not get on board. 
that was not a casing point that made him believe in what I did. He actually needed more logic. He's a Capricorn. So I love my Capricorns, if you don't know. I have so many Capricorns in my life and I adore every single one of them. So I know with my Capricorn, I needed to come up in logic. I was like, okay, here's a spreadsheet. This is the potential. If I charge this much and I do this many readings, like this, how much I can make, it's actually double what I used to make in corporate. And I'm actually only working nine hours a week. And that really helped with him. So I got behind the why, financially, why I wanted to do this. But then for me, the real why, as I went through the layers of my why, was in the end of it, I have never lived a life where I've been able to drop my kids off at school and pick them up. I have never been able to serve them breakfast because I'm out of the house at 6 a.m. before anyone else in the house wakes up. I left the house at 6 a.m. and I didn't get home with the kids until 4.35. So Monday to Friday, I only got to see my kids from 5 till 7 o'clock at night. You can't tell me that's how we're supposed to live in this world. That is not a life, right? That is not the quality of life in which I felt good living. And so When it came time to talk to bosses and parents and extended family, my why was like, I want to live a life that I get to walk my kids to school and pick them up and that I get to spend more time with them than just dinner, bath, and bed. And if you try to question that to me, it's impossible. I am so dead set on that why. And that's why when you work with me, My classes are Monday to Friday during school hours. You want a reading with me? My reading sessions are during school hours. You want mentorship with me? They're during school hours. And yeah, I could probably be accessing a whole other set of audience that is only available on weekends and evenings. But then I'm sacrificing my quality of life, which is not fair for me. And I'm the matriarch of this family. And so it's my responsibility to make sure that I am doing and living a life that benefits everyone, right? When the family is centered around someone, and my parents are going to listen to this and just fucking roll their eyes because they're like, oh, there's Danielle all high up on herself. But it's true. It's very true. My kids, my husband, everyone responds to me, and I can recognize that we are a matriarchal family. And so the quality of life is so important. My children are number one absolutely number one, which takes me to the other part of my why, which is ironclad and indestructible. I hope my kids don't enter the workforce. My hope is that my kids will finish high school and have an idea of something that they want to launch on their own. And I am currently investing in that because one, she's a Scorpio. (laughs) She ain't listening to no one. (laughs) I'm like, queen, you need to find a job that you work for yourself because yeah, I just, I'm raising kids who are not wallflowers. I want them to have strong opinions. I want them to feel comfortable voicing their opinions. I want them to also live within a structure, but not completely like melt into that structure. I want them to have sovereignty and agency and self-identity. And so I want to show my children what it looks like to pursue your passion and your dreams. I need them to see what that looks like. I'm an experiential teacher. The best way to show someone how to do things is by doing it, is demonstrating it. So I am literally talking to my kids every day. Guess what mommy did today? Guess what I got to do today? And my daughter will come into the minivan when I pick her up from school. I rock a minivan. And she says, oh, mom, like how many people did you get to help today? Or even once in a while, she'll say like, how much money did you make today? 
Because when I'm launching a program and I have like really big days, I'll get so excited and I'll just celebrate and be like, guess how much money mommy made today? And they'll celebrate with me and I get to include the family with that and get excited about it. Yes, I am investing every single month into RESPs, which is an education fund for children for the structured societal education system. If they do want to pursue that, I will have some money set aside, but I'm also setting aside money for entrepreneurship dreams. With the education savings, I picked one that basically if they choose not to go to college or university, I get that money rolled into my retirement savings plan. So it's not a loss for me, but I also am putting aside money for them, their birthday money, everything that they get, however they're making money. That's not Robux. My daughter earns Robux every week as chores, but I'm setting it aside so that if they have an idea for a business that they want to launch at high school, I will have a little bit of an investment there for them so that they can take a chance on that. I also celebrate failures in my household. I do not fear failure in any way. I fear success more than anything. But I think that the only way we are truly innovating in our lives is by trying something out and course correcting as we go and not seeing things as that failure. So that's my other why is I want to be a role model for my children so that they can have a living example of somebody in their life that chases their dreams continuously and has it work out beautifully. So first assignment, getting clear on your why. And you'll be able to feel it because it will ignite your spirit. You will literally light up when you land the why. The next thing you want to do is come up with an elevator pitch of some kind. And you're going to need a couple variations of it. In the workplace, for example, I gave six weeks notice for my resignation because I'd been there for eight years. I had a lot of big projects. I adored my boss, so I wanted to do her solid. So I gave six weeks notice. And people started finding out and they would be like, oh, what are you going to go do? And I'm like, well, actually, I'm a medium and I've been doing my business on the side since 2017. So I'm just going full time into it. And they would always say, oh, you talk to dead people. And my response is always, oh, I think that was like a little bit of a shock factor for them, that response. And it got them off of their kind of like societal narrative that has been conditioned in. And then same with, no, they are much more alive than we are. And that would always be the elevator pitch. That's it. It was that simple. And then people usually had a bit more questions when I kind of go out and people are like, oh, what do you do? That changes all the time, to be honest with you, because sometimes I'm really heavy into my end of life doula work. And sometimes I might say, oh, I do like end of life doula work. Or sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm a spiritual mentor. Or sometimes I'll say I'm a medium. Sometimes I'll just say I'm a teacher. Like, I have a couple different ways of describing what I do and my intuition calls forward which variation of my elevator pitch makes the most sense in that moment and what I could really stand behind. So elevator pitch is just basically, can you describe within 20 seconds what it is that you're doing? And it is actually really good to think about some of those maybe challenging beliefs I talked about earlier that you may be presented with that you might have a couple counters for. But one of the tricks that I have to say that I've learned the real hard way is that when you're preparing the elevator pitch or you're preparing the responses to people who may not be meeting your expectations with their reactions, disappointing a little bit, practice out loud, okay? Because things sound like really good in our head and then we go to say them out loud and it's like, do I know English? <laughs> do I even know this language? So please do practice out loud because one, it adds more power to it, two, it just sounds so different in your head. So in your car, whatever you want to do, just practice, okay? So get clear on your why. 
your elevator pitch. And the final thing I really wanted to share, which I have an exciting download for you guys. If you go into the show notes, you can download a worksheet that I have around this. And this is more manifesting. And it was actually a dead shock surprise to me that in 2020, I was going through some old books because I was rearranging my room. I was having my room designed just like a stage set because this is my office now. And I was going through old journals because I keep all my journals, all my development journals. I can't throw these things away. (laughs) So I keep them all and I look back at them often because it also shows me how far I've come. And I opened up one of my old 2018 Danielle Laporte journals and I opened it up and at the top of the page it said my dream week and I basically laid out my dream week and I started crying my friends because the life I had in 2020 the schedule I had was almost identical to what I dreamed up in 2018. So in 2018 I had some sort of know-how I didn't even remember I did this to be like, oh, if I went full time, so obviously I was thinking about it in 2018, what would I want my week to look like? Okay, I'd wake up, I'd walk the kids to school, I'd do a little bit of exercise, I would get beautiful, I would do a couple of readings, I would go get the kids. How simple of a dream is that? And I even indicated how much money I would make that day, how I would feel that day. And then two years later, it was actually about 28 months later, I find that dream week sheet. And I realize I am literally living that schedule almost to a T, except I don't do yoga. Yoga was on there. I'm like, yeah, I'm still not doing yoga. <laughs> but I replaced it with dog walks and different things. Holy the power of intentionality about getting crystal clear and how you do want to live. Because what we end up doing when we feel very unsatisfied in our life is we try to pump ourselves up by immersing ourselves in why we don't want to be here and why we don't want to do this thing. A real superpower is instead flipping it and getting clear on what we actually do want and how we really do want to do things. So this is actually something I did in the Spirit School Collective, my membership last summer. We did a whole manifesting workshop and I shared this tool and this technique. And I had my designer, Christy Pike of Soulful Branding, one of my besties, design. I'm going to actually ask her to put her company name at the bottom because people are always asking how I create all my things. I'm like, it's all her, baby. I send her a text. I'm like, can you do up something that's like this? And she does it all for me. So if you go to the link in the show notes, you can download the Dream Week Manifesting Worksheet for people to get really clear on how they want to actually live their life, that flip side, and see what happens. I am a set it and forget it manifester. So I just need to mark it down, put it away, and then just trust that it happens. Some people really like to focus on it. I find I am just too controlling and I get drained and exhausted. I remember the first time I watched The Secret and I tried to do what The Secret did. I was so exhausted in one day. I was like, I can't do it like this. I'm tired. I'm like, I don't want to think this much. So I'm a set it and forget it manifester. So do the worksheet, put it away in a journal that you might find in a couple years. And maybe you'll get to have a really incredible experience like I had too. So get clear on the life you want to live, why you want to live it, how you're going to express how you want to live it. Start thinking about some of these conversations. Start getting yourself to a place because I can't tell you in one podcast episode how to do this because you all come from very different lived experiences. But starting to let people into your spiritual space and your spiritual bubble is very sacred. And you, I think, will be more surprised than not how many people 
are like ready to be let in. And so hopefully some of the tips coming up for this podcast episode and some of the stories really help and support you get clearer on potentially making this transition. And keep in mind, I did this dream week and I actually even wrote it as that, my dream week in 2018 and I forgot all about it. And this is the way that energetics support us on our path. This is exactly a good example of energetics. I put it out there, I let it rest, do its thing, and within 28 months, I was actually living my dream life, my dream week. So yeah, this was fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully you find it helpful and supportive. Let me know, share it on Instagram, tag me at Squamish Medium. I always love that. Let me know how it's impacted you. Download that sheet. And then just one thing I wanted to make note of before I let you guys go, you guys know I have my membership. I talk about it a little bit more now on the podcast. It's doing very well. Got 94 queens in there. I'm loving every second of it. But we are switching to move Spirit School off of social media. I am obsessed with building a brand and a company that is not reliant on social media giants. Anyone who's in my world knows I've talked about this quite a bit in the past year and a half, but I am done playing with the social media giants pay-to-play games, the psychological games. I'm just like, I'm not passionate about being on Facebook. And so I've been working really hard this year to build a platform for Spirit School that is off social media. So it's like a safe space because your aunties and uncles and cousins and colleagues and friends and sisters and parents will not see your posts of any kind. And we're actually going to be having a free community as part of Spirit School as well. If you're not ready to invest in the workshops and the demonstrations with me and like the classes and daily questions, that kind of stuff. If you just want a space to hang out, talk about spiritual things, talk about podcast episodes, I'll be in there a little bit too. My team will definitely be in there quite a bit, but we are going to be opening up a free off social media community for Spirit School. And you're all welcome to come. It will be opening July 1st. And then we're actually going to be launching the Spirit School space with a free five-day Spirit Guide Challenge. So I'm going to be coming on live every day in the community, doing a guided visualization, a little bit of a teaching and a homework assignment on how you can get closer and feel more connected to your Spirit Guides. Because they're as close as they're ever going to get. It's just around your awareness of them. So it's going to be a whole week of building your awareness around your Spirit Guides. It's a way to kick off this free community and space. I've never had a free community. I think I actually had one for a month and it's a lot of work. And so I just didn't have the time to invest in it. I had my membership and it was just too hard to divide, but I have a really good team in place now. So I can do all the things. So I can do all the things. So the new Spirit School home will house the free community, the membership, my programs, the challenges that I'll be doing, my mediumship masterminds. It's going to be an all-in-one platform that is completely off social media. So if you're also fascinated about building an off social media business, just watch me. Okay, because this is my latest obsession. I'm not going to get rid of Instagram. I will be off of Facebook completely by probably the end of the year. Hopefully sooner. I'm actually hoping by September. But I will still be on Instagram. I'm obsessed with TikTok, but I don't create on there. So you'll really just be able to find me on Instagram and in the free community or the paid membership and my programs, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm really excited. So listen to the July Spirit messages. I'll have a link to join the community in those show notes. I'll also have it in my newsletter. So sign up for my newsletter if you like. It's totally up to you. And yeah, we're going to be having a free community space so we can connect in even more. 
Just so you know, too, this podcast is a perfect other example of how I'm building a brand and business off social media, by the way. Okay, there you go. Two business tips there, too. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll chat next time. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.